You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Marks. And we want to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks. Well, playoff time. Wow, we're finally here. And I, I tell you, Mike, 18-week season, I'm starting to feel it. I don't know about you. This is, man, I can't yeah. imagine how the players feel. Right. And normally, season's over with right now, and, you know, everybody's, it's all laid out. And I think the other thing, and I was thinking about this looking at the Cooper Cup record yeah all the stats now for the nfl have got to be asterisk or the old ones set aside because of the longevity now because the season's so long so anything under 17 weeks as opposed to 16 weeks how do you compare you know it's just there's so many reasons not to do it I, i just wish they'd go back to 16 games i just don't like this at all yeah well we were talking about that the other day on our our show out here uh that my TV show that I do for Fox and someone brought that up and, you know, you don't want to taint anyone's record, right? You don't, you don't ever want to do that. And that's, that's not what we're discussing, but that is a valid point. You know, it's like, it's like whenever someone talks to me about like on the Monday night game, they were talking about Watt, okay. TJ Watt and his sack record and coming up on Michael Strahan's sack record. And what I'm thinking you know, the, 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 one of the greatest sack artists of all time, very few people talk about, Deacon Jones. Yeah. Right. Deacon Jones to this day holds the sack record, the Rams' sack record. I mean, these guys had tons of sacks that no one ever counted because sacks didn't become they an, didn't, an official yeah, number until 82. Right. They didn't keep track, but he, he, he was way out there with sacks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw some names out at you here. Uh, Remember Tommy Hart and Cedric Hardman? Oh yeah, for the San Francisco 49ers? Oh yeah, uh, I can remember my father when he was coaching with the Rams. They were preparing for uh, the play of the 49ers, and I remember he was stressing one day. I was like, "Yeah, what, what's the problem? These guys, their record isn't very good. You know, they had a couple people. They they had uh, they had Brody, John Brody, the quarterback. They had Gene Washington." Yeah, and, and a couple other, Jimmy Johnson, the corner, number 37, who in history just refuses to recognize him, one of the greatest corners that ever played. They had some heat back there. But he said, son, Tommy Hart and Cedric Hardman, he used to call them Sir Cedric. These guys can't be stopped. I was like, what? See, I remember Cedric Hardman. I, I remember watching him. He was a one-man wrecking crew. You know, it was a, <laughs> yeah. What did, Mike, what did he have? You would remember more from a technical standpoint. What was it about him? He just, he was relentless, which the great ones are, but he could drop his shoulder and get around the corner. Oh, he could dip. You know, yeah, he can dip. Yeah. And that's, you either do that, or, you know, you have to have great ankle flexion. Uh, and he was just a violent player, you know, but he, he could drop that shoulder and get around the corner, long reach. He was um, very destructive, you know, a little bit like, 
the player that I really like to watch right now that's just really raw is number 54 for the Rams. I just keep forgetting his name, but Leonard Leonard Floyd. Yeah, you Leonard brought Floyd. this up. He is yeah, right. He right. has all the makings of being just a terrific pass rusher. He's just yeah. out of control right now. When he when he learns the the things that you know those guys didn't learn over the years, you know, the technique part of it. He's yeah. gonna be a great one. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. Now, and, and I, I, I'm going to talk about him on the show because you've brought that up a couple of times. You know, he's 6'6". Six, six, yeah. 250 plus. Yes. Okay, because his college numbers coming out of Georgia, by the way, be playing for the national championship, Georgia, Alabama should be good. He, 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 his college numbers were 6'6", six, six, 250. So I know he's, he's put on some, some weight. I'm sure he has. Way. And yeah. he just uh, he's just so out of control, but he's such a violent player. And yeah. He's so athletic that I think that uh, as time goes on here in the next year or two, he has to refine some of that skill and yeah. play smarter, you know. But uh, yeah. I think it's just like one of those plays last night with Baker Mayfield. Um, the defense end backed out and blocked the ball. He knew the down and distance where the ball was going to go, right? Right. What? So what? Took two steps into pass rush. They always throw a quick out if it's third and three or two. So he just he backpedaled out and stood there and watched him, and he threw the ball and he batted the ball down. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah it's just guys that you know he studied. He knows he just uh, they 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 know intimately all the details about what you do offensively, and that takes time to develop to study that and what what to look at and. What's really important, what isn't, you know, all the little details of playing the game. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, since we're on that game, let, let's talk about, you know, obviously the moment of that game and moments were surrounding Ben Roethlisberger and his final final home game there in, in, in Pittsburgh. You know, it's funny because Ben has been a guy who's – there's been a – that's been a love-hate relationship there. I, I know the, the snapshot was that, oh, boy – it's a love fest here for Ben, you know, and the crying tiles were out. But I remember a time when it wasn't and, and, and there was some separation there and people wanted Ben out of there, even though he's brought in some Super Bowls. So, well, it, I think it was he, a different he, moment. Th- he went through a run there because he, in his younger days, he liked to hold the ball so much. He didn't realize and he could because yeah. he could shake guys free and run and all that stuff. But yeah, he'd hold the ball so much. They had to tailor the whole offense towards that. And yeah. Um, I think he, at one point, he just had a lot of turnovers and they were kind of upset with him there and they changed coordinators and they went through kind of a t- turmoil there maybe seven years ago or whatever it was. But, you know, he's had such a good run there. He comes out of college and his rookie season, they win the Super Bowl. I mean, he, he went to a great team. They were a great team waiting for a quarterback. Yeah. And they got him. So he's had a great run there and he probably should have retired last year, you know, um, yeah, but who's, you know, he's done now and he'll, he'll be in the hall of fame eventually. So, yeah. But Baker Mayfield on the other side, you know, we talked about this a while ago that he, and I felt strongly about it at the time. I did a radio interview back there with Cleveland and, uh, they asked me about him and, and I said, he needs to just, they need to get the surgery now and send him out and whoever their backup is, you're going to play with them and that's it. And they didn't do that. No, no. because he's not going to play good. And he didn't, you know, Baker, a healthy Baker Mayfield's really a good player. Yeah. Is he a great player? No, I don't think so. But he's good enough to win a Super Bowl with, you know, um, is he going to 
command one of those extra, extra dollar salaries, you know, no, but he's going to, he'll make enough, but he's got to understand that too. And there's so much more involved with those contrasts of those guys at that age. It means a lot more to stay where they like you and want you than go someplace else for a dollar. You know, I mean, a lot of guys make that mistake and you've seen that as a player, Rod. Guys yeah. have a great couple of years. They're attached to that organization and they jump out of it. They don't know you. We talked about this last week. They don't know you. The locker room doesn't know you. You come in there making all that money and, and uh, you just got to start all over more or less, you yeah. know, and it's, you know, I, I just don't see him leaving there. I don't think he should leave there, but I don't know. We'll see. So is Rudolph the guy or do, you, do they need to go get someone else? to back up Ben or to replace Ben. No, I I don't think he's the guy. I think they have to get somebody in the draft, you know, but yeah, it's hard to say because you haven't really seen much of him, but he's, he's never been a particularly impressive quarterback to me. Off the top of my head, I'm just going to throw a name out there just because he seems to be ready to pack up the U-Haul and head out. Uh, uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think that's uh that would be a logical deal. I think that would be a good move for Russell to go there because they're a good team waiting for a good quarterback right now. And and I think Russell needs a change. And I think Russell needs to get out. Yeah. He needs to get out of there. They've they've run through the whole gamut. They've they've bent over backwards to do the things that he wanted them to do. And um, yeah. he's just not playing good there. He just isn't. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of good reasons for it. He's not the same athlete he used to be. He doesn't have the same – foot speed and whatnot, but he's still a good player, you know, yeah. and how long, how much time does he have left? I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll monitor that situation. Of course, everyone's going to say the right thing right now, but when, when the season ends and uh, people part and salary caps get counted, it, it that could all change. Uh, some of the other games, Mike, so green Bay, yeah, green Bay has locked up home field uh, in, in, in the NFC conference home field throughout. That's big. You know, it's big, not only just for weather reasons. And I've always said, weather's not going to buy you any championships. You're going to have to actually win the games. You but know, but, it's but I will step. tell you this of, of all the places to play, that's the hardest. <laughs> that's the hardest to go up there in the winter and play there with their fans and just the intimidation, you know, just the whole thing, Vince Lombardi, the tundra, you know I mean? It's just, it's just hard. <laughs> You go up there, and it's uh, it's hard for anybody to go in there and beat them in the yeah. playoffs. It's very, very difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, uh, you, you know my story of the frozen mouthpiece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we played Detroit one year, and it came out, and it was you know, three degrees, minus ten wind chill. At that time, it was the second coldest game in Packer history. And uh, I went to put in my mouthpiece, and damn near broke a tooth. My mouthpiece is frozen. Yeah, and you know those mouthpieces are made out of industrial plastic or whatever they, they don't they don't i didn't think they froze but it froze hey i thought of you too because somebody else's someone's jacket started on fire in cincinnati yeah one of I the saw, uh, kansas city guys yeah and I the down that. feathers were floating all over the, yeah they're all that over was great area. yeah you, you had one of those jacket on fire stories yeah the, david david lang was running back for the rams <laughs> we went up there it was two degrees yeah and he'd return a punt is really good. He goes to sits out. We go one, two, three. In the next years, they go three and out, and they punt to us, and we get the ball on the 20-yard line. 
and he's over there when the defense is on. He's got his feet up in the air, and it catches fire. And he's running, and I'm up in the box, and I see him sprinting all over the field on that. I said, what the heck's wrong with David Lang? <laughs> they tackle fire. him, put, they put his feet out. But he was our tailback. We didn't have another tailback. So he had to go in, and his shoes were smoking in the huddle. <laughs> you know, you gotta see They're smoking oh, in the huddle. Lord. He lines up, and he runs 79 uh-huh. yards to the one-yard line on a pitch. <laughs> and to this day, they've got his shoes in the locker room with the Rams with the David Lang hot foot, oh. you know. <laughs> Oh that's, man, that's, that's, that's that was just too funny to be true. It was hysterical. Did you guys win the game? No, we did. We got down the one yard line and uh, we went for it on fourth down, and they shut us. We couldn't get in from the one. No, couldn't get in. Yeah, uh, yeah. What was the temperature? Two degrees at that time. Oh, you it said was a two? Co- at that time it was a coldest regular season game in yeah. uh, Packer history. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, they were going regular season, postseason. That's yeah. when I told you I, I came out in the fifty yard. Yeah, you because know, I'd been in Minnesota and South Dakota and grew up there and all that stuff. And yeah, you know, you guys are putting the double whammy jammies on, you know, and fighting over extra, you know, heating gloves and all that stuff. And so I, ah, it's no big deal. So I put my everything on. I go out. I get out to the fifty yard line, and I just <laughs> felt like my face was going to fall off. Yeah. My ears hurt so bad. I turned around, sprinted back inside and got stocky again. I said, and I'm seeing everybody put, I never did this, put Vaseline on their face. So I, you put Vaseline on your nose and your lips and all that put stuff. Put it all over yeah. your, man, your body, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so uh, anyway, that is an advantage to the Packers, yeah. you know, it just, they just and it, it's a mental thing. I mean, we came out sleeveless trying to intimidate the other team and, and that, that, that works as long as you're winning. When you start losing, <laughs> every, we were, we came in after pregame warm-up. We went out, you know, sleeveless, and came back in. It was freaking cold. And I was I was hoping someone said, can we put some sleeves on? Because I mean, no one did. So, you know, you don't want to be that guy. So you I wouldn't have any problem doing that. Yeah, right. You know, but, just you know, breathe. a team like the Buccaneers to go up there and play or, you yeah. know, one of those teams with warm weather teams. Right. It's, it's a hard – Right. Buffalo goes over and plays. It's no big deal, but – you know, you get an NFC team like, you know, the Bucks to go up there and play. It's, it's going to be hard on them. I remember Leroy Butler came up. To, this was like his second year, rookie year. He came up to me like, like a little mouse in the locker room there before we get ready to go out for the game. And he said, man, can we please put some sleeves on? <laughs> he didn't want everyone else to hear. I said, no, Leroy. This is yeah. the tundra. We got we got ghosts running around here, man. We've got legends. We're going out, brother, with sleeves. Let's go. <laughs> so anyway, needless to say, we got our we got our ass kicked too. How about that? All right. Anyway, uh, you know a team I'm trying to figure out. Cowboys, I, I bet. <laughs> well, no, I've already figured the Cowboys out, and I figured the Raiders out. Let me tell you what I figured out about these guys. Let's start with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are that type of team where. Boy, just when you think they're they're ready to go, roaring to go, they pull one of these numbers like they pulled last week here. Get beat at home by Arizona, who just lost three in a, in a row. And I know Arizona was desperate and all that, but there's no way you're supposed to drop that game. And they drop it. So, see, that, that worries me. If you're a Cowboy fan out there, you keep two hands on your wallet right now because that worries me going into the playoffs. You know, Ron, I think there's something going on down there. I, defensively, they fixed it. Defensively, they're really good. That used to be I the know reason. That, yeah. that used to be the reason why they would lose. But there's something going on now with the quarterback. He's there's something wrong with him physically, and they're hiding it or something. But he just never misses, and he's not balanced. He's 
he just doesn't look smooth when he's thrown the ball. He misses throws he should never miss. And I'm not so sure that there isn't something with um, with him in his feet or yeah. We just don't know because he's not he and he doesn't look comfortable. He's not he you see him on the sideline, he's got that worried frown on, and it's just he's playing with something and it's affecting his play. It, it's just the way I feel when I look at him. And yeah, early he's gonna be good, and then as the game goes on, he looks like he's struggling physically. Now you brought up a point last week and 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 I watched it carefully and I saw it during the game. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. The first quarter, I think it was Washington. It was a Washington game. I think it was a Sunday night game last Sunday. And the first quarter, uh, the first drive for the Cowboys was horrific. I mean, it looked terrible, Mike. Yeah, yeah. And then the second drive was completely different. They went into a up-tempo, and they started clicking. And I go back to something you said. You think that maybe McCarthy has taken over some of the, or not all of the play calling. There's, there's just not the same rhythm in the play calling that they used to have. And they used to be right. more aggressive, and that's who he is. I don't know that he's happy with what they're doing either, Dak, I'm talking about. So, yeah, they just let him go, and he's used to that. And right now, they put a lid on him to some extent. And yeah, because they go the whole game, and those receivers don't get the ball. You know, it's just there's something going on there that just isn't right. He doesn't look right physically to me, and just they're they're really conservative early, and then they kind of let him play when when things kind of are falling apart a little bit. You know, they got to score some points. If I'm yeah. them. You know, I don't care how the backs feel. You got to get them the ball and all that sort of thing. But you go out and score a lot of points and then run the ball in the second half. That's what I'd do. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, get some a lot of points on the board because they're capable of coming out and just going bam, 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 touchdown, you know. And right. They get a lead yeah. in the second half. You know, you put them away, run the ball. That's what we used to do. You know, and, and in fact, that's what Norv did with the Cowboys when they were winning Super Bowl. Norv Turner, the offensive yeah. coordinator there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's something that that's going on with the head coach and OC. And I hear the OC's name rumored as a head coach, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, I, so, so we're going to watch this real carefully because th there's definitely some. And so I don't like them the same way I used to like them just, just because of that. Like I said, this isn't the time to go into the season up and down. And, so, and, and remember, folks, now you know, there was a rift up in Green Bay with McCarthy and Rodgers. That developed, even though they won once a Super Bowl, there's something that went on there. And so, it, was play, it was play calling. He, you know, Rogers yeah. did not like the conservative nature of what they were doing, and and he let it be known. He put up with that for a while, and then it, it did cause a rift and it cost the coach's job. So maybe that's carrying over here. I don't Could know. Be. I know he's a lot more conservative than the coordinator, and yeah, and there, there's good news to that too because generally. If you're really good and you're somewhat conservative, um, you usually win games that way, you know. But yeah. you get all that talent outside, and you're just kind of sitting out to some extent. Right. Well, they they've won the division. Okay, so they're you know in the playoffs. They haven't locked up home field. Obviously, that's Green Bay. So you know, no matter what they do, they're going to have to travel somewhere. But now the fight is for this number two seed. And that, that could be important 
I, I think coming down the stretch because eventually everyone's got to go through Green Bay. But, you know, teams like the Rams. Now, the Rams are a solid team. But again, Mike, and you know what I'm going to hit you with. This quarterback has got to straighten up and fly right with these interceptions. Well, you know, I, I try to, I'm trying to like him until this game. I am too. I saw two, the, the first, the two interceptions he threw. I was shaking my head. I mean, um, he just predetermined. He's just jammed the ball into that receiver. And the deep ball he threw that got picked off, my gosh, there were three guys on the receiver. And the crossing route that he should have thrown, nobody covered the guy. Nobody covered the guy. And yeah. I know what the read is, yeah. and I know what the play is. We used to run it a lot. But the ball should have gone underneath on the crossing route. He just – he predetermined it. He's going to make a big play with his arm. And, you know, that's a Gus Farrat thing. Gus used to do that all the time. That's what got him out of the league eventually. But you could, couldn't break him of it. You know, you just – the discipline of playing that position, you have to learn at an early age. It's very difficult for older guys if they've not played with discipline, you know, and, and staying with the reads and getting the ball out to the right guy and instead of predetermined things and trying to take shots on your own and all that stuff. It, it sounds like it shouldn't happen, but it happens all the time. You know, some quarterbacks play with a great deal of freedom as they come in the league, and it doesn't serve them well because in big games – they make big mistakes. Cutler was that way too. Jay Cutler. Yeah, that's right. I remember that NFC championship game against Green Bay. They got to him. And he, as they say, the, the guy that can ruin the game faster than anyone on the field, even the head coach, is the quarterback. And you, you're starting well, of to course. see that. Yeah, no question. In Stafford, I, you know, I read today somewhere that um, they, they were going to sit down with them and, and get rid of those things. I don't. You can't. You know, like you said, like you said, Ron, he's got that Detroit in him. I don't know if they can get it out of him. That's just not his nature. He's not a disciplined player at that position. I don't know if he ever will be. You know, here's a, an interesting point. And when you talk about the Detroit in him, could it be, Mike, that he's he's had to come from behind so much and is so used to playing where it's the middle of the third quarter, late third quarter, early fourth quarter. And they're behind a ton of points. And now it's just gunsling time. Could it be? Because they keep talking about the final drive. Oh, man, he got it all together. Final drive. Looks great then. Looks great then. But that's what he's he had to play in. That's the, the, the wheelhouse that he's most comfortable in coming from behind. Well, I think, Ron, 90% of the time, he's really a good player. He is. I, he and I think question. that final drive, and you just don't know. And I've always said this about the guy. He's got two ugly plays in him every week. You and you are dead on. It is and, it yep. And those plays hopefully don't beat you. The rest of the time he's great. He, he does a good job. I don't if he can get rid of that ugliness and and it's just discipline. It's just decision making that he knows better. And you know, I don't know how you get that out of him other than a two by four or baseball bat. I don't know. You know <laughs> four, four pick sixes. Yeah. That's the most in the NFL right now. He's got more pick sixes in this in one season than Jared Goff had in his career. Yeah. Now, now, how's that one for you know people that are on the Rams Goff versus Stafford fence? So they'll they'll have fun with that one. But but here's the deal with it, the Rams. Here's the deal. If he plays like he did a couple of weeks ago when he had that magnificent performance, if he'll play like he's capable of playing. It incites the whole team. The defense, everybody all of a sudden jumps up, and yeah. they play at a totally different level. 
And it, oh, it, it affects the psyche of the team when he comes out in the first series and throws a pick. Well, Mike, no, I don't no. know a team I've ever played on when that didn't affect us. As, as much as you try, does. of course it does. But you yeah. trust a good player that they're they're going to come back and you know. Yeah. But to, yeah. to do that in the first half of the game, a fumble and two picks and just dumb stuff that you know you just can't trust him. You know, I just don't yeah. trust him at all. Yeah. Now Rams got to get something fixed in their secondary, and we've been tracking this for a while. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp. Have, have gone at it before. And there, there's a miss about what was that about? In the well, fight it, it stems back to something that even happened two years ago uh, when they went up to San Francisco and got beat. I want to say it was a Thursday or Monday nighter. And there was a miscommunication late in the game and it cost a big throw down the middle of the field and, and, and the game for the, for the, you know, Rams. But there's a miscommunication, Mike. This happened in the Green Bay game earlier in the year. Yeah. Remember they started moving Devontae Adams around because they want right. to see how the, the Rams are going to match. Well, they, the Rams kept blowing uh, the, the motion adjustment or miscommunicating it. And Ramsey, again, it was almost a carbon copy different team. Pre-snap, he's gesturing to rap like – no, I don't want to run this or I don't want to do something. And rap obviously is trying to run what they practiced. So they're caught in this, in this wasteland, in this middle land. And then it just went to the level it couldn't go to Ramsey overheated and threw a punch at him in the huddle. Now, now here, now here's no, 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 let me, let me, let me finish this. Here's what I didn't understand about that. I saw the referee stop the game. I've never seen that. The clock's running. You know, time is going. The Rams didn't call a timeout. The officials stopped the game so they could clear out their they get their stuff together, and then they started back up. Huh. He can't do that. Under no, what? I, what I what's that about? That yeah, I yeah. I mean, I mean, if I'm Baltimore, I'm I'm pissed. I'm like, what are you stopping the game for? You can't stop the game so you can so they can get their internal problems again. It doesn't work like that. Wouldn't it have been funny if you threw a flag on a guy for hitting your own player? <laughs> yeah, because if you go, I mean, it's it's fifteen yard, you know, yeah, unsportsmanlike yeah. conduct on, I mean, on yourself. Yeah, it's just and and now I've been through that, Mike. I've been through that on teams. I know what that's like. I've seen guys. You know, we know that the stories of Charles Haley, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. he would split helmets and and just tear up locker rooms because he was that type of guy and it went on. Okay. I remember Brian Cox walking off the field in Buffalo. He lost it very similar to, you know, Antonio Brown the other, the other day losing it. But so yeah. since we're on, since you bring that up, what happened down there? A lot of men said that he refused to go in because he was injured. And they said, well, if you're not going to, then you're done or something like that. What yeah. Do you, what I, do you I, happened down there? I, 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 I think, it's a carryover of something that's happened a couple of times. I don't think that was an isolated incident yeah. for the Buccaneers. We know Antonio's had issues. We know that, but I'm talking about for the Buccaneers. See, people don't always know the stuff that goes on in the facility. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure this isn't because the, just the, the way that Arians acted and everyone's like, okay, you know, well, that's, it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Last straw kind of deal. And I, I, I hope he gets the help he needs. And I hope that, so, Ron, in the locker room, have you ever been around anybody in the league as a player that did have problems that was struggling to cope with some of that oh, stuff? Oh, oh, yeah. 
Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Did I don't the club help them, or did he get help, or? Well, Mike, it was a different era. At that time, you know, there wasn't all of this uh, NFL social awareness campaign stuff going on. Like, if you watch the pregame shows this past week, you you there were features on the shows where you know the NFL is pushing, right. "Hey, we right. care." We, we, we right. are here. Our culture now is, come on, tell us your problems. Let us put our arm around you, you know, because it's a reflection of what society is doing. And I, and I think I, I commend them for that. The only problem with that, Ron, is if you turn a player into the league as needing, um, you know, psychiatric help or some health issues, then they actually, they punish you by putting them, they, it's like uh, substance abuse. Oh, you know, I, he has I, I know. Miss, he has to miss a certain amount of time and all that stuff. So I'm going to share with you something as a head coach here. I had as a head coach, you have awareness of everything on your staff, the players, everything going on in their personal lives. And it just happens, you know, and I was aware of I had two players over the years that were suicidal, that were very suicidal. And I couldn't go to the league because they're good players and they in. I was afraid if that happened, they put them out and then that the, they just blow up. You know, I mean, yeah. that's they're very both players were like that. So I got a, a I, I knew a psychiatrist that was a good friend of mine. And and we handled this behind the scenes without the league knowing about it. And uh, he was with them and dealt with that throughout the entire season with these guys in di- completely different situations in different year. But um and nobody would know about that. And I've had other guys that were dealing with things too, that you get them that kind of help, but you can't go to the league because of the the ramifications of that is they're going to miss time, you know, oh, they absolutely, at least that's yeah. the way it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they have a, basically it's a strike. So you get punished. There's a strike against you. And I never understood that. Maybe that's changed now. I don't know, but yeah. if it's like a testing positive, basically is what it is. And at least it used to be that way. Yeah, no, and to a degree, I, I think that's that's accurate, and it's still like that. Uh, but yeah, there, there's always been guys on every team I've been that were on that edge that everyone knew, and everyone de- the locker room dealt with it, Mike. Yeah, the locker room dealt with it, but now you can't keep certain secrets in the locker room. It just doesn't no. work like that anymore. So, and that and that takes me to the bigger picture of the of the team. So if Brown is gone. You know, they, they've, they've lost Godwin. I'm talking about the Buccaneers, obviously. They've lost Godwin. And Mike Evans is, in, is sometimey to me. Mike Evans is sometimey. I, yeah, I like he, Mike, but he's yeah. sometimey. I don't know what it is. And, and, you know, a couple other young players there. But it just seems like this whole thing now is resting on, on the guy who it's always rested on, and that's oh, Tom yeah. Brady. Well, he had some receivers that haven't played before catching touchdowns and running by guys. and Yeah. You know, they don't know any better. You know, they just play as fast as they can and they're they're competing for a job. And, you know, it's a different psyche than a, an old vet that's been there a lot of years and planning to get in the playoffs. These guys are trying to make it, you know, and that kind of enthusiasm is kind of refreshing. You know, the two young receivers that they had in there made some big plays for them. This is going to be interesting. Uh, they're still rolling now uh, in, in, the, in the conference, uh, talking about the Buccaneers and – you know, they've won their division. That division wasn't very good, and it was up and down. 
So I still think, Ron, and I said early and since the early season, and I'm not trying to sound my own horn here, but I just yeah. I don't know how anybody's going to beat Green Bay. They're just such a good football team, and that, and he's ridiculous. And I know Tom is going to be the best player ever and all that, but nobody throws the football like Aaron Rodgers can throw it, especially in that cold. And then, and I heard last night on the Monday <laughs> something about uh, the Cincinnati, you know, Burrow and, and uh, the receiver and best Jamar combination, Chase. yeah, best combination in the league. And that was a mouthful. You know, when you think about Aaron Rodgers and nah. Devontae Adams, you know, I don't I mean, know who said that, but they, yeah, now nah, well, you, was... you know who it was. It was, uh, oh, okay, yeah, you know, who it was. But... <laughs> yeah. that, that's the worst crew in the history of broadcasting. <laughs> on crew. And uh, they all sound alike, so you don't really know who to get mad at. You know, all three of them sound their voices sound like, so you know, who's saying it. But I think yeah. this was the quarterback that said that, but it just yeah. they just throw that stuff out there, but anyway. Well, the reason I say this is I think they get their line back now and, and um, the big back and they get their regular back. So they get a one-two punch in the, with the running backs. And the yeah. only thing that can hurt them, and I've noticed this, when they play really, really good teams, they're very conservative in the first series. And they usually go three and out. Talking about the Packers. Yes. And then they kind of yeah. get going and he turns them loose, so to speak. You know how he calls plays. Yeah. Very conservative yeah. early. And then they say, okay, let's go play. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, and, you know, that's, it's a little bit like what the Rams lack to me. The Rams, we've always said this about the head coach there. They do not play two minute offense. They just don't do it. They just don't have that, that whole, they want to be able to bail and, roll out and deep drop. They just don't have that four wide wide receiver shotgun kind of mentality where they just come back and just go down the field with it. You know, mm-hmm. I've never seen them do it. I've never seen them in a, a real live two minute offense. Who who would be a team? We're going to jump to the AFC in a minute, but who, who would be a team? Well, let me just throw these teams out there and then you can run with them. Let, let's start here. Uh, Philadelphia. No, no, I don't. I just don't see Philadelphia going anywhere. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, they're making a splash now, but I think it's just when they go up against the big boys. Dallas will beat them this week, by the way. Yeah, Yeah. Dallas will beat them this week. Yeah, they're nine and seven, and they've uh, you know they've 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 clinched a playoff berth. So good, you know, good good for them. I mean, that's that's a that's an achievement, especially for a team that was up and down and made a midseason trade there, losing Hurts and a couple other things. So you know, good for them. And they'll they'll plug along, but I I don't see it. Next team now that I I, I won't be on their bandwagon because I don't I don't think the coach is is there, and I don't I don't think they have enough. But they they pulled out a desperation win, and we talk about it. Arizona, so Arizona's in along with the Rams, but no one has claimed the division yet. But Arizona finally stopped the bleeding after dropping three at the wrong time of and the they, year in December. And they go and play the Cowboys. And they don't play particularly well, but the Cowboys play worse. You know, the Cowboys play worse. You know, when you yeah. look at, uh, I saw this article about the head coach uh, Kingsbury. Um, he uh, his whole career at Texas Tech, his whole career in the league, the second half is well under five hundred. Second half of the season, first half of the season is up there, and then the second half is just the complete opposite. And if you look at his record. I wish I'd saved that because um, I looked at it and I was astonished by it to the point of being like five and two the first part and then 
two and, two and four five. or two and five, the second yeah. part, that kind of thing. So yeah. uh, there's something there. And they don't change. They just do what they do. And with that quarterback, the league has kind of figured out basically how to contain him. Oh, yeah. Like we talked about, you know, push yeah. up inside, just squeeze the pocket, don't let him outside. That's right. All of his really big plays come ad lib on the outside. And once you eliminate yeah. that, and they're starting to run the football again a little bit, but he's he's a very impatient play caller right now. You know, they they, they were really rushing the ball well against uh, the Cowboys, and then they just left it. You look back on that game, there's still no reason for the Cowboys, for the Cowboys to lose that uh-huh. game at home. Just with one guy alone, the way Micah Parsons alone is playing. Right. I could just set Micah Parsons in the, min- in the middle and say, go chase Kyler Murray around. I, I don't know. When people have given you the blueprint on how to beat this team, they come into you uh, in your place with a three-game lo- losing streak and you let them off the hook? Yeah. I, it's just amazing to me. I, I, I and, don't know. And really – matched up so well against them because the passing game for the Cowboys just disappeared, though. You know, the quarterback just didn't play well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you you unleashed something there. We're going to have to keep a close eye on. So Arizona has a real good chance of uh, finishing out the season, you know, with two wins. But I don't think it's going to matter because uh, they've got Seattle at home, by the way, this week. But I don't think the Rams are going to lose to San Francisco, even though San Francisco has their number. Yes. I do. I think San Francisco, if they get Garoppolo back, I think they, I do think that San Francisco beats the Rams again. I really do. Oh, man. Mike, do you, do you know how many times that would be for, for the Rams losing to that? That would be Kyle Shanahan is six and three versus McVay, McVay's Rams. Right. And, and the 49ers have beaten the Rams five straight. And, and Garoppolo, there's only one team he can consistently beat in the NFL, and it's the Rams. You know, He's 5-0 and as a starter. But I think what they do, you know, look at the last time they played, and they just rushed the football. Yeah. And just converted third downs. They were very, very conservative. They didn't let the Ram offense on the field. Yeah. Got, uh, that's right. They went down and got either three points or a touchdown, you know, seven, eight, nine-minute drives. And, I mean, they have the keys on how to beat them. And they're really – but we've said this before. Offensively, McVay doesn't change much. You know, uh, and what they do is still kind of the protections never really change a whole lot. And and what they do, they're going to be those deep balls and then they're going to be option routes inside, you know, to Cooper Cup and let him go. But I think uh, they do a great job in San Francisco. They take a lot of that stuff away. I think it'll be a really hard game for the Rams to win. I really do. Oh, man. So, but I want them to win. I, I want them to win. But I tell you, San Francisco coming down the stretch here has really played very well. Yeah. Yeah, that they, they have, they have, and you know, took care of that uh, pesky Houston team that uh, had been rolling a little bit and shipwrecking people, beat them at home last week. Okay, so San Francisco, you know, they're they're kind of out of, not they're in the you know in the playoff picture, but they're behind the Rams in Arizona. So now, if Arizona wins, they'll go to twelve and five, and the Rams lose they'll go to 12 and 5 there'd be a tie and tiebreaker rules say we start with a common common opponent head to head then go to division and then it's uh, common opponents in the conference so what what do you what do you think will happen here what, what's your feeling I think Arizona would probably end up on top, wouldn't they, with the, the way the record's been? 
But yeah, I do think that, the Rams get beat. I really do. And who who does Arizona have in the last game? They've got Seattle. Yeah, that'll be. Where is it? Is it up at Seattle? It's, no, it's 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 down here. See, right now Arizona has the better divisional record. They're four and one. The Rams yeah. are three and two. Yeah, I think Arizona's on top. But you know, yeah, so that's not a, that won't be an easy game for Arizona because they all of a sudden Seattle has found themselves. And, and Penny, who rushed for another 130 yards this last week. So, yeah, you know, I think um, we'll see. But that's – I just wouldn't write that one up yet. You know, I, that'll be a hard game for Arizona to win. No, no, that, that's that's a hard – that's an interesting deal. And I – you would think now the Rams would be so fired up this close, they'd find a way to exercise this demon. But like you say, Mike, they, they, San Francisco's got something on them that they can't fix. Yeah, they play That's, so well against them, and they have – they're really patient, and they stay with their plan, and it's been very effective. Uh, I w- it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them come down and, and uh, beat the Rams. Yeah, so head-to-head, they would they would tie. Talking Arizona Rams one more time just so I don't confuse people. Head-to-head, they're, they're tied up, okay? Division, if they end up in a tie, the Cardinals have the division. Right. Record. They've got a better division record, so it, they would in a tie situation. Arizona would uh, would win the the NFC West. Yeah. So. Yep. And it would just affect seeding, but that's that's about it. But so we'll watch that one, but Mike. Let's go to this here. We'll we'll uh, hit AFC. So AFC has been a log jam of like eight and uh, nine or seven win teams for a long time. Seemed like everybody had either eight or seven, seven or eight, eight going back and forth. So Buffalo and New England, New England has slipped. Buffalo and New England now, they're in the playoffs, but they're both locked up at 10 and six. There's another tiebreaker, potential tiebreaker situation. Buffalo with a division record of four and one and uh, New England, a, a game behind at three and two. So in a tie situation, if you go to the next tiebreaker division, Buffalo would win out. Right, right. So, and the the team that's kind of interesting to me that just won't go away is Tennessee. I don't know how they're doing it, but they. I don't either. They just they came back all of a sudden. They've got. They just have been very patient with the running game, and the backs have come along, and they they look like they did before he got hurt. And I guess he's coming back. Evidently, he's he can be back for the playoffs. Uh, Henry, yeah. he's starting to practice this week, I guess, lightly, and and they may have him if they go away in the playoffs. They might get him back. Well, Buffalo has the edge on this one, folks, because they've got the Jets coming in now. You know, no disrespect to any NFL team. You can get beat on any given Sunday. Got okay, that, but... stop, right, stop right there. Don't go any further. <laughs> okay. We have to talk about this. The Jets with a minute 50 left to go are up by oh, touchdown. Oh, that was bad. Yeah. They're down at about the five or six-yard line, wherever it is. Fourth yeah. and two. How long did it take them? to come up with a quarterback sneak is an idea to get the first down. And you know, yeah. It it just, I I looked at that and said, what are you doing? You know, you're going to give the best quarterback in two minutes in the history of football, a minute 50 to go. No timeouts. And and that's just a foregone conclusion. He's going to do it. That's what he does. You know, (laughs) I just, I I looked at that and I looked at my wife, Julie. I said, I can't believe they just did that. Yeah, would they come? I mean, that's the best you got a quarterback sneak for two yards and fortune two. Really? 
Well, the story coming out of New York is that the wrong play was sent in and miscommunicated in the huddle. That's the Jets. Uh, that's, the, that's why the Jets are the Jets right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's so they, they sent in one play, but it got screwed up. And boy, I, you know, I was thinking if anything, I, I like the flip 90 play real quick there. I, you know, yeah. anything. I, any, but I don't anything. care. They could have done, they could have um, done anything. They yeah. could have done the bummerouski. I mean, I don't care. But a quarterback sneak to try to get two yards in the goal line down there just didn't make any sense at all. No, no, the, the Jets. So I had to bring what, that up, but it's just uh, of all the, of everything I saw over the weekend in football, that one was topped everything. So that's who Buffalo has coming in at four and twelve and a win, and they they most likely they win the division. Yeah, and uh, New England they've got to go to Miami, and that's not good. That's that's a that's going to be a hard trip. And all of a sudden, the young quarterback's looking a little more like a rookie quarterback. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is to some extent. But uh, the other, but the Tennessee. Let me go back to Tennessee for just a second. Yeah. Um, as long as they keep pace with the opponent, they're within a touchdown. They're going to win the game. When they get behind, if they get behind, you know, fourteen or more points, they just don't have that catch-up ability. Quarterback's just not good enough. Oh, well, t- Tennessee and Tannehill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, that, that's but right. Don't they get the, one of the receivers back this, this week? I don't know. I, I think I, they I do. Yeah, I think they, they, they might. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're missing a you know, receiver and, and they're running back, but they've been winning anyway. So, you know, obviously they're playing great defense. Yeah. So, so as, let me ask you this, Mike. Do, do you think that when's the last time – you saw a guy tear his Achilles and then come back that same year and be able to play on it. Never seen it. I've never seen it either. Never seen it. Never but seen that's, it. But that's what they're talking about. I have never seen anybody tear Achilles and come back and play good, period. Yeah, that's what they're talking about with Cam Akers. Yeah, I just don't so, see that happening. Okay, so because I brought that up because you mentioned Derrick Henry coming back, and that's, that's a foot thing, all right? So that could be big. But now the Rams are teasing Cam Akers. Yeah, I just so I, I, I want to see him do that. And now remember, folks, it's not it's not like number one, you got to fight to come back in, in, in football form, as we used to say, playing shape, because you can spin on that bike and run on a treadmill. But that's not that's like playing on the yeah. field. Yeah, it's totally yeah. different. And then another level that's different is when you put your foot in that ground and torque, you know, that's weight and force on on your your foot. And explosion at the same time. Plus, you gotta get used to the speed of the game again, too. You gotta get used to all that, man. It's just too I, hard. But once you've torn that Achilles, I've never seen anybody come back that next year and play well. Could it possibly be as as much as I like Sony Michelle for the Rams? Sony Michelle is a good well. He 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 is. Good. He is. But could it be that McVeigh is thinking, I've got to find a, another way to to make this quarterback comfortable and take something off of him? Because when we get in the playoff, these these play, these interceptions aren't going to fly. I I don't know that it's that complicated. I just think he, I think it's just selfishness to him. To be honest with you, that I know I'm supposed to go, and I just don't want that. I'm gonna throw it over here though. Yeah, no. you you like I said, that's a baseball pat problem. It just is. You you, and you need to have a come to Jesus with him. A baseball problem. What, what yes. does that mean? 
baseball bat over his head is what you need. You know, <laughs> it's you and that player behind closed doors and it, it's not going to be nice. You know, you, you got to get after him. And it's a very, cause what he's done is very selfish. He, when you predetermine things like that, instead of going through the discipline of what you've been coached to do, it's just, I've had too many guys like that. And then they, they don't realize that all the names of the guys on that team are tattooed on that ball. When you do those things, you know, Man. and how it affects everybody else. And, and that's the first thing you have to appeal to a guy like that. These are things that are easily fixable with him. It's just a willingness to do that is the issue. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, let's go through the rest of the AFC before we close out here. So Cincinnati, you, you, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't I agree to not agree that, yeah, if I'm going to talk about the best quarterback receiver combinations, I'm going to start up in Green Bay and work my way down. But this, this Jamar Chase guy, you know, I was watching him run. He's got you know, some juice, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and, Mike, I don't know. I don't, something strikes me with you as not being a huge video game player ever for whatever reason. But if, you, if you're an old <laughs> Madden game player, you know that he looks like a guy who's got a 12 or 13 rating while everyone else has a 7 or 8 watching Chase run. I mean, he just ran away from Kansas City. I couldn't it didn't even it. look real. It's a play that should have been a 15-yard gain, and he turns it into a 70-yard touchdown. Yeah, that's yeah. – uh, yeah. He pulled from that group, and those guys are all DBs. He just pulled away from everybody. And usually guys hit that wall, and he, but he didn't hit the wall. Well, he's, he's training right then. Whatever they're doing with him, they, he gets it there. He's wow. training right. He's got the right mentality. You know, He's getting his rest. He's yes. in the nutrition, all that. So he's getting all that. He's as getting on say. the bike in the morning and yeah. doing all this cardio. He's doing something that. right that, you know, people love the nowadays. It's fashionable to go out and train with this guy, that guy, get in your group, film it, put it on social media, all that. It's cool. Got it. Got it. Got it. But you, you need to, somebody needs to get with him and find out what he's doing because I, I haven't seen a rookie keep his motor up like that. And I think you got to contact God first because he, I think. He was given a lot of that. You know, just who he is. That's right. Yeah, that, that's right. So, okay, so how, how far can since, yeah how how, how far can they, they go? They're they're gonna you know they're gonna win the 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 north, but yeah. it's an interesting team to talk about. Um, they're good enough to win it all. Yeah, I mean, to be in the to be, to make it to the Super Bowl, are they good enough to beat the Packers? I don't think so, but I think they're good enough to go through the AFC. No, that's what I meant. Yeah, I mean they've won the North, but they, yeah, they're good. They can win the AFC, and they can. And I would tell you, because you got teams like, okay, Kansas City. I, there's something that still bothers me about Kansas City, and I still, even though they're playing better, I don't know what it is. Well, you know, defensively, they're capable of giving up a lot of points in the back end. They just like that not, game. Yeah, they're just not good enough. Yeah. And he's done a miraculous job moving the pieces around and covering up the, you know, the problem issues that he has, the one-on-one things. He, he's tried to avoid that at all costs. He's really good at the matchups. I'm talking about the coordinator there at the KC. Uh, Spagnolas. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Spag, I think yeah. overall they're a better team because they're really good on defense. I'm talking about uh, Cincinnati. They're really good on defense. It's the most complete team they've ever had, I believe. The offensive line yeah. is pretty good. Of course, the mixing the running back is good. So they're they're really a solid football team. Are they better than uh, New England? Yeah, because of the 
the deep ball threat and the explosiveness of their offense, probably. Are they right. better than Tennessee? That's the game you want to see because Tennessee will grind them out. Yeah, no, that 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 is the one I want to see. Okay, how about the Chargers and Indianapolis? Uh, I didn't think Wentz looked very good, and maybe coming off COVID, you know, maybe he wasn't hundred percent. But that was that was a weird game, and of course, the Raiders very much like Dallas. The Raiders are a team that if you tell them they can't do something, they will do it. If you tell them tell them they can't win this game, they will win that game. Now here's their problem. The game at home, when all of the fanfare is out and they're expected to do, some, to do something, this is the game they trip up. But I don't think so now because this one is for all of the marbles, so to speak, on their side. Yeah, the loser goes home. So yeah, this will be uh, interesting. I, I, I want the Chargers to win this thing. I'm not sure if the Raiders are just overall a better team. And right now, they have the energy, they have the sauce, they have the well, swag. Defensively, they're much better than the Chargers. The Chargers up front are just not very good on defense. It's not. No, and they can't stop the run. And that's the other thing, going back to the Rams for a moment. They don't have a middle linebacker in that defense that makes enough plays. Said that all along. That's he true. just, as a reader, he just doesn't show up. He's a product of what's in front of him. Yeah, he just yeah, yeah. He just doesn't make enough plays. You know, you put a great linebacker there, and it changes that defense. Yeah. Now Vegas can still get in with a loss. They'll need some help uh, across the league, but they can still get in for for the Chargers. They're going home. Yeah, they're they're, they're going home. So uh, this will be this will be interesting, and this thing could come down to multiple tiebreakers. As well, Mike, because as of right now, the division record is the Chargers are one game up. But, of course, a loss now would even the division thing. So now you'd have to go to the next tiebreaker. Common games record, they, they, they don't have any uh, stats on that one. Conference, upon, conference record, right now the Chargers are one game back from the Raiders yeah. in conference record. So the Raiders have a better conference record. But the Chargers have a better divisional record. So we could go to the final uh, tiebreaker, which is a strength percentage of win-loss within the conference. Yeah. And I've never seen a, 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 a tiebreak go that deep. It doesn't matter, um, you know, as, as long as it's not a tie in that game. Doesn't, that game doesn't finish in a tie. Yeah, right. That's they gonna, were talking about ties. Yeah, that, that could get messy. Yeah. Create yeah. A, a real issue for everybody. Yeah. but. I just hope the Chargers win that one. I don't. I don't know that they can, unfortunately, but I hope they do. Yeah. Yeah. Well. In uh, in can can Indy do it? Can no. can they do it? No. I think Wentz had you know where he is right now. He didn't play as well as he has the rest yeah. of the year, and maybe it's the effects of COVID. I don't know, but he will have to play a lot better. And they're a really a good team, but you know. You, you saw him miss that throw down the, that puts the game away. Yeah. Yeah. They, the one along the sideline, the yeah. wheel route. Yeah. yeah the wheel yep, route. That just, was, that was it. No, that was, that was it. That was bad. He still can't miss, miss it. Throws, he missed yeah. a couple. He kissed me, missed a couple. But so did, you know, Prescott and, yeah. you know, so did uh, Stafford. And, you know, this time of year, those blemishes show up real big. And you think Green Bay's coming out of the, the NFC? Right. I think Green Bay is the best team in the league, period. I don't know if anybody can beat them. Uh, when they, you know, 
they may muffle around against bad teams. They still win, they don't, you know. But if they come out and they let them play, yeah, yeah. buddy, they're pretty good. Yeah, they are. All right, Mike. Well, we're closing. Uh, give me, give me, give me a, a quick John Madden story. You know, I know we lost John this past week, and you know, a lot's been said about John. But give me, give me a quick Madden. Well, you were in some of those meetings. Uh, I used to look forward to those those broadcast production meetings. You know, the day before the game, I always did when John was doing it, and we did it. He did a lot of our games. We were always on, you know, Monday Night Football, and he uh, I used to look forward to it. He'd come in and sit down and. We would talk for probably 20 or 30 minutes about Ernie Zampezi, San Diego State, you know, because my era when I was playing in college is when he was coaching in college. Nine. And yeah. when I came up, you know, I've got, I've got the Hancock Junior College annual. It's got head coach John Madden, Ernie Zampezi is the assistant. And they were at San Diego State together. And, I mean, we were connected with so many different people, like a spider web. Hey, did you know this guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. And yeah. So we, yeah. Would, we would go through that for probably 20, 30 minutes, and everybody would get bored. You know, they kept <laughs> – but they, they wanted to talk about the game, but we didn't talk much about the game. We just kind of reminisced most of the time, which was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'll never forget my, my second game as a head coach. We're playing uh, Seattle. And uh, somebody, my wife had said, you know, of course she wasn't there. She's watching the telecast and he gave us a blessing. When John Madden gives you the blessing that you're, you know, you're a good team and you guys, he doesn't do that very often when he does it. It's uh, it's quite a deal. Yeah. It does. It it's very meaningful. And, and uh, that's, that's how big he was. And, and, and uh, if he gave you the, okay, man, you were, You've made it, so to speak. Boy, some some uh, some great names just up and down the West Coast that that knew John and you guys all worked together at some point. I was just off the top of my head. I was thinking guys like Bill Walsh, Ted Tolner, yeah. MPZ, Sid Gilman, Dick Vermeil, John Robinson, yourself. The list goes on and you didn't realize that all oh, you guys were so heavily connected. And then you see the thread right. of why yeah. football and success with each one of you took place because I think everyone was tied in at some point, you know, out here. It's, it's very interesting because this whole Southern California deal in that era, mm -hmm. uh, there's so many coaches mm -hmm. that came out. They're really good coaches. The other thing is Dan Reeves. I just feel like we need to mention. And, and, Dan and that's Reeves. we do. Yeah. Dan Reeves. Passed and unfortunately away. he passed at the same time, basically that John did. And so it kind of goes unnoticed to some extent, but yeah, he was another another larger than life uh, uh, individual in the sport or, or coach in the sport. He was a wonderful man. Absolutely. Now I remember my father talking about Dan and I, I got a chance to interview Dan with uh, in one of the, the three Super Bowls I did on the Madden crew. And of course, dad and Dan played against each other, green Bay, Dallas, the ice yeah. bowl. So yeah, they, yeah. they had a respect. And whenever I'd go to interview Dan, you know, this could be in a room full of, uh, you know, producers and, 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 and team execs and so on and so forth. You know, that room can be a little intimidating if you're not used to it. Yeah. And Dan would always start off saying, Hey, Ryan, how you doing? How, how's, how's dad doing? Blah, blah, blah. He'd, he'd spend three minutes, Mike, talking. He'd come up with an Elijah Pitt story. It's like, wow. <laughs> but that's just the kind of classy guy 
Yeah. That, that, that he was. So He's a we, very engaging individual. Love to talk to him. He just made you feel comfortable. And I remember we played him. We, we lost our kicker on the kickoff to our hamstring. So we had to go for two all the time. And we ended up winning the game. And I talked to him after the game. I said, I really apologize. We just didn't have another kicker. You know, we, we beat him actually by quite a bit of points. In, and yeah, he said, my, if you could have scored a hundred, you should have. <laughs> then he laughed, you know, <laughs> What do you say? You know, yeah. Oh man. Well, we're gonna we're gonna miss them, and we're gonna close out the show in their honor. And we're gonna throw one more person in there, Mike, that has nothing to do with football, but because she had such a beautiful personality, and I loved her work, and I'm a fan of hers, Betty White. Oh, Betty yeah, White sweet. passed away, and and we'd be remiss for not yeah. putting talking about Betty um, White because her one liners were just as good as Madden and anyone else out. There. Air, man, let me tell you the deadpan comic. You know, she just she could nobody could pull it off better than she did. She was oh, a treat to watch. Man. Oh, God bless them all. Yeah. All right, brother. That's it, man. Uh, great job as always. And we're going to be watching. This is going to be an interesting closeout. Uh, week 18, a record setting week 18 NFL coming up. And then we're into the real stuff, the playoffs, as they yeah. say. So. All right. It'll be fun. It'll it'll be fun. All right. Mike March, Ron Pitts, and uh, our Emmy Award-winning producer, Roy Hamilton. We'll see you next week right here on Run It Again Podcast. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike March, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Well, let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. Be sure to join us next Tuesday for a new episode, and we'll talk about the NFL playoff picture. Don't forget to visit us at runitagainpodcast.com and be sure and hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. So long, everybody. Run It Again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz is a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ed Maloney, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at Run It Again Podcast.